In Jesus' name, amen. If you have not had the opportunity or the chance to go downstairs and to see the basement, the fellowship hall, I just want to start by encouraging you to go downstairs and see it. Uh, progress is really coming. It's not quite finished yet. Uh, the flooring, the carpet still needs to get done. should be done this week. So next weekend will be a, a beautiful room for us. But, but already there's been a lot of changes. Uh, new ceilings, new lights. And actually this week, uh, a fresh coat of paint just went up. Uh, some of you all, a group of volunteers, spent the day uh, painting and, and getting the room ready so that for the rest of us it is new and bright and and really, the room looks amazing. It's, it's all tied together. Uh, so go down and see it. When it came to the painting, though, I had nothing to do with that. Uh, I did not help, which is probably good for two reasons. Uh, first, because uh, those volunteers did a wonderful job, and it, it looks fantastic, a much better job than I would have done. Uh, and second, and this is somewhat selfish, uh, but because I did not help with the painting of the room, I now simply get to enjoy it. Uh, because I don't know if you're like me, But sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, it's hard for me to enjoy the projects that I've worked on. Uh, Because, for example, if it came to painting the basement downstairs, I would forever and always notice all of those tiny little imperfections that I had made. Uh, Every time I walked down there, even if I was sitting in my office with the the door closed, I I would see somehow that little tiny drip of paint that made its way onto the wall that fell off my brush. And... And that drip of paint would always be there. It would be calling out to me every time I walked by, saying, Peter, look over here. Remember when you did this? And, and that little drip of paint, and maybe none of you else would see it, but I would see it, and that drip of paint would be mocking me, laughing at me, eating away at me, reminding me, constantly reminding until the end of time uh, of my imperfections. Uh, the truth is that I, I think all of us have paint drips. In our lives, all of us have those things in our lives that are those constant reminders that we are imperfect people. That despite how hard we try, despite how much we act like we have it all together, that we don't. That we aren't perfect like we long to be, that we are imperfect people. For some of us, the paint drips in our lives are, are something in our past, maybe some memory, or, or maybe some broken, failed relationship that's no longer there. And every time we remember that relationship, every time that memory comes back, it's that pain trip. It's, it's that constant reminder that, that we are not perfect. Uh, for others of us, maybe our pain trips are people. People in our lives that we have hurt, um, that, that we have hurt with our words or with our actions. And, and despite the fact that maybe they have forgiven us and told us, don't worry about it, it wasn't that big of a deal, we can't help but look at that person and, and be reminded of, of the terrible ways that we treated them or spoke against them. And that person for us is our pain trip, that constant reminder of our imperfections. For others of us, maybe it's some sort of temptation that comes to us. And every time that temptation comes, and every time we give in to that temptation, even though we told God we'd never do it again, every time that temptation comes, we are reminded that despite how hard we try, we don't live up, that we are imperfect people. Now, a lot of us have done a lot of things to cover up our pain trips, haven't we? (laughs) We've gone through a lot of mental manipulation to convince ourselves, you know, it's just a pain trip, not that big of a deal. Don't worry about it. Or did you see that guy's pain trip? His wall is covered in pain trips. Mine isn't that bad. Or, Or we do a lot of extra painting, a lot of extra work. We always try to do more and more and more to make up for the fact that we have those little mistakes in our lives. Others of us, 
we convince ourselves that if we don't look at the pain trip, if we don't remind ourselves of our imperfections, then they're not really there, right? It didn't really happen. Uh, But if we were honest with ourselves, if we took an, an honest look in the mirror, we would have to admit that we all have them, that we are not perfect people. If we were honest, we would have to admit and confess, as we did just a few minutes ago, that we have sinned against God and against his people. And that is not always easy to do. Uh, Because when we take a look at the pain trips in our lives, when we are reminded about our imperfections, it can leave us feeling hopeless and helpless, maybe scared. It can leave us questioning things like our our relationship with God. We might question, "Uh, Lord, how could you love me? You know, after everything I've done, uh, you know my pain trips, you know my imperfections. Lord, uh, are you really for me, someone like me? And Lord, uh, could you use me after everything that I've done, after every thought that I've thought you still use me? It's not easy uh, to take an honest look at our lives. Uh, In our gospel reading for today that we just heard from Matthew 28, though, I think we meet some people who are a lot like us, who have their own paint drips, who are imperfect people. And, and, And those people in our gospel reading for today from Matthew 28 were the disciples. And when we meet them... At the end of Matthew's Gospel, this is the very end of of that book of the Bible, Matthew 28, when we meet the disciples, they are meeting Jesus for the very first time since Jesus has been raised from the dead. The last time they saw Jesus uh, was maybe when he was being taken away from them in the garden, or maybe when he was hanging on the cross, some of them were there that day, or or maybe they had watched as Jesus was put into the tomb. But but this is the first time that the disciples are witnessing the resurrected, glorious, victorious Lord Jesus. And and as they stand there face to face with the God of the universe in the flesh, they do at first about the only thing you can do when you meet Jesus face to face, and that is, Matthew tells us in verse 17, they get on their knees and they worship him, kind of like we are today. When they're face-to-face with Jesus, they can't help it. They worship him. They praise him for everything he's done. Uh, But, if you notice, that's not all they do. (laughs) Uh, Lest we think this was all just sunshine and smiles and rainbows, Matthew reminds us that they worshipped him, but they doubted. Which to me seems kind of crazy, right? Because I think a lot of us have told ourselves, you know, if I could just see Jesus, I wouldn't doubt anymore. It would be that easy. If I could just see Jesus face to face, if he would just appear here, uh, everything would be better. And I wouldn't doubt my faith would be strong and life would be good. And, and here are the disciples. They get Jesus in the flesh face to face, and yet they doubt. And, and, and I read that and I think to myself that if I were Jesus, and thankfully for all of you, I'm not, but if I was Jesus, I would take one look at the disciples knowing their doubt and I would walk away. I would think to myself, this is what I came back for? You know, before they were denying me, betraying me, uh, forgetting about me, questioning me, and and, and maybe Jesus would have thought that things would be different uh, when he appears to them with the holes in his hands and in his side, risen from the grave, but it's not. You can only imagine if I were Jesus, I would think, this is who I came back for? And the answer, of course, is yes. Uh, This was exactly who Jesus came for. Jesus came for doubters. Jesus came for deniers like Peter. Jesus came for adulterers and liars and thieves. Jesus came for the disciples, for for people full of sin. Jesus came not for the healthy, but for the sick. He didn't come for perfect people because there are none of those. Jesus came for the imperfect people. Jesus came for the disciples despite everything that they had done. 
Despite all the doubts that they had, Jesus had come for them. See, today we rejoice that as Christians, we believe that Jesus came for imperfect people like you and me. Not people who have it all together, not people whose lives are are pretty and clean and, and put together, but for broken, hurting, sinful people whose walls and lives are full of drips of paint. Uh, But that's not all the disciples learned that day. Uh, Certainly they learned that Jesus was for them. He didn't walk away from them. He walks right up to them. He continues to love them with an amazing love. And he continues to use them. See, the the reading that we read today has been come to be known by the church as the Great Commission. That is that Jesus takes these imperfect people who are doubting him, who have sinned against him and denied him. Jesus takes these disciples and he gives them an amazing job to do. Jesus says he's going to use these imperfect people to continue his kingdom work, to advance his name, to to make disciples, that is, to create followers of Jesus, to bring people into his family, and then to encourage and nurture one another through his teaching. Jesus is going to use the disciples, despite their imperfections, he's going to use them. As they go out into the world, baptizing people, young and old, in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, clothing them with Christ, and and then as they teach them, maturing them in that faith that they have just been brought into, God is going to use them. And brothers and sisters, he's going to use you. Now maybe you're thinking to yourself, not me, (laughs) right? I can imagine maybe Peter was was there on the mountain, uh, face-to-face with Jesus. Jesus gives the Great Commission. I can imagine the Apostle Peter maybe thinking to himself, uh, Jesus, I think you have the wrong guy. Uh, do you remember just a couple days ago I was denying you? Not once, not twice, but three times. And just a minute ago, you knew my mind. I was doubting you. Remember that time on the water where I, I started to walk out to you, but then I lost my faith and I began to drown? You're going to use me, Jesus? And, and the truth is, yes, Jesus would use him. Jesus would use you. But, but not any single one of you, but together as the body of Christ, as the church, God continues to work through us, united as one, to continue his kingdom work, to continue to spread good news to to those who have not heard the love of Jesus, to shine his light upon people walking in darkness, to encourage one another and build one another up in the faith. See, Jesus knows about all that sin you just confessed a few minutes ago. Uh, Jesus knows about all of your imperfections. He knows about all your drips of paint. Uh, Which means... Uh, that you don't get to use those things as a crutch or an excuse to get out of the work. You might tell yourself, I am, I am not a perfect person. I cannot be used by God. And, and Jesus says, yeah, I know. He says it to his disciples. He says it to us. And yet he's going to use us anyway. Now, I, I, hope, I hope that that excites you. I think it should be exciting to think that God uses us to bring people into his family, to continue his work. Uh, in this world, to share his love and his restoration in this, in this life. I hope that excites you. But I know that for many of us, it can be a little overwhelming, right? When we hear that Great Commission, make disciples, baptize and teach, many of us think, uh, I'm not a pastor, or I, I don't know that much. Uh, how, how is God going to use me? So I would like to propose to you two simple things that all of us here today can do to continue that Great Commission, to make disciples and continue God's work. Two simple things. Uh, First, I think that all of us can tell the story. You all know the story, right? You know who God is. You know what God came to do. 
You know what Jesus came to do. All of you can tell your friends and your families and your neighbor, hey, I know this amazing God who loves me with an unending love. He loves me so much that he sent Jesus to die for me. See, you don't have to have 101 Bible verses memorized. You don't have to end every theological debate. Uh, you don't have to have all of the answers to all of the tough questions. No, you can simply tell the story. Tell it to your kids, to your grandkids, to your neighbors. Maybe when they ask you, you know, where are you going every Sunday? I see you leaving the house every Sunday. Where do you go? I'm going to church. You hear about an amazing God who sent his son Jesus for me. Just tell the story. That's the first thing we can do. The second thing I think all of us can do is to invite and bring people in to the places where God has promised to pour out his gifts. In his word and in his sacraments, all of us can invite and bring people in to the places where God gives us those gifts. All of us can say, hey, hey, come to church with me. You know, I go to church every Sunday and God does some amazing things. He speaks to me through his word as he teaches me and builds me up, as he makes me the most beautiful promises Promises I don't hear anywhere else. You've got to come hear this. As he promises that, that he has forgiven me, that he loves me, and that he's never going to leave me. Come to church with me where, where he feeds us on his body and blood, where he pours out forgiveness and grace and unites me with other believers. Come to church where, where, where every so often people are baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As God promises that there in that water with his word, he cleanses us and washes us and forgives us and pours out his spirit and that in that baptism, old and young are clothed with Christ. And I would love to see what you like clothed, look like clothed in Jesus. So come on. Come receive his gifts. Come to Bible study with me where that word is spoken or to my small group where we talk about God's promises. All of us can be used by God to invite and welcome in lost and wandering people. And in doing so, we are making disciples. Not any single one of us. It's not up to you to save the world or to make a disciple from start to finish, but together as the body of Christ, we continue that great commission work. Okay, so having said that, and I hope that is simple, but I know that it's still a little overwhelming sometimes. And I know that some of us here today are still thinking to ourselves, after everything we've just talked about, I don't know. You know, I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I'm good enough for God's love. Uh, You don't know about all my pain trips. You don't know about all my imperfections. You don't know about the things I think and the words I say and and, and the actions that I do. I I don't know that I'm good enough for God's love. I I know that God is for imperfect people, but I don't know if he's for me. And and I certainly don't know if God can use me after everything that I've done. I don't know if I'm good enough. Brothers and sisters, you know what I think God says when we question that, when we say, I don't know if I'm good enough? Do you, know, you know what I think that God says to us when we say that? I think he says, you're right. You're not good enough. I, I think God says to us, you have sinned. I, I know your pain trips. I, I know your imperfections. I've, I've seen all of your sin. You're right. You're not good enough. But that's why I came. But that's why I sent my son Jesus, to be what you could not be, the holy son of God, righteous and perfect and without sin. I came to do what you imperfect people could not do, to give up my life on the cross for the forgiveness of the world and to draw people into an eternity. I came to give gifts that you all could not give, gifts of mercy and grace and forgiveness. Yes, you are not good enough, but Jesus is. 
And Jesus loves you with an amazing, unending love. Jesus has come for you. And if you're here today and you can raise your hand and say, yes, I am imperfect, I'm a sinner, then you are someone that Christ has died for. Brothers and sisters, as Christians, we rejoice that Jesus has come for imperfect people like me and you. And that Jesus uses us despite our imperfections. In Jesus' name.